Welcome to the Valley Point Podcast in the series called The Upside. This week's big idea is want what Jesus wants, and it's based on a story found in John chapter 5. Enjoy, and thanks for listening. We all want things. Some of us say that a lot. I want this thing, or I want that thing. Some of us want shallow things, and some of us want deeper, more important things. And it's been that way since the first two people that showed up on earth, Adam and Eve. They had something perfect with God, yet they still wanted things. And I am amazed at how society has sped that up. When we want something, it's made it quicker and faster for us to get what we want. There was a time if you wanted a car, a brand new car, you actually had to go to the car dealership and walk around and see what they had on the yard and then decide what car you wanted. Now you sit at home, you click on the things that you want in your car, and in seconds, every car that's available in the metro area shows up, how much it costs and what it has. You want new clothes? You want new shoes? You want a new TV? You want a purse? Fill it out on the web, click on a button, and it's there the next day. I work for UPS, and much of what I do is helping people get things from the end of the world to your front door quicker and faster. We all want things. What are the things that you want? I like Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> now, I know there's a lot of wellness champions in this room, doctors and people that want to eat well. I'm just going to apologize to you right now. I love Krispy Kreme donuts. I want Krispy Kreme donuts. Friday was National Donut Day. Krispy Kreme gave away free donuts. I had to be out of town so I wouldn't go to Krispy Kreme Donuts and get free donuts. You know, there's a signal that Krispy Kreme has whenever they make fresh donuts. It's a sign that lights up. And I think that sign is tied into the navigation system of my car because when the light goes on, I pull into Krispy Kreme Donuts. Now, my daughter, Sarah, every time she gets in the car, Dad, let's go to Krispy Kreme Donuts. And I make her think I'm doing it for her. But the truth is, I'm doing it for me. I love Krispy Kreme donuts. I want Krispy Kreme donuts. What do you want? I have a son, Andy, who since he was a little boy wanted to be a professional baseball player. And since he graduated from college, he's been pursuing that. But there's one weakness he has in his baseball game, and that's hitting. That's the one thing that keeps him from moving to the next level. And that dream of being a professional ball player, it could have ended many times in his life. It could have ended in high school when he got cut from his freshman high school team. It could have ended at the end of his high school career when the big colleges didn't want him to come play for him and he winded up going to a smaller college. It could have ended while he was in college, 
and he got hurt and he had to take a red shirt. Or it could have ended after he got out of college and didn't get drafted by one of the affiliated ball clubs. Or it could have gotten, it could have ended the first time he got hurt playing baseball where he got hit by a pitch in his cheek and he broke his eye socket. Or last year it could have ended when he got hit by another pitch and broke his wrist and he had to shut down for a month. All those chances for Andy to end his dream and he didn't do it. He kept after it. See, for Andy to work on his weakness, it means going to hitting coaches and doing what they tell you to do. It means working extra, taking extra hitting practice. And for a couple of weeks last month in May, Andy got to play professional baseball in one of the top independent leagues in the United States. It made that dream and that want and that desire that he had all pay off for him. You know, there's a great story in the Bible about a man wanting something and how he has this conversation with Jesus. And if you have your Bibles with you, you can open it up. It's John chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. But before I read those verses, let's, uh, let's set the scene up a little bit better. Because in John chapter 5, it talks about this pool at Bethesda. And this pool is surrounded by five covered porches. And there's people with all sorts of conditions. There are sick sick people and lame and paralyzed. And they're all sitting by this pool on their mats. And Jesus is going to run into a person, a man, who's been there for 38 years. And it's an amazing conversation Jesus has with this man. Let's read it together. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew how long he'd been ill, he asked him, Would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred up. While I am trying to get there, someone else always gets in ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your sleeping mat, and walk. And instantly the man was healed. He rolled up the mat and began walking. Now, a couple of things really strike me about this story. Can you imagine 38 years? I don't know about you, but I think after about 25 years, I'd have figured out how to be the first one in. Now, Scripture doesn't tell us how often does the water stir or how many people are around that. But it just tells us that story that the first one in gets healed. See, Scripture tells us that Jesus knew how long the man was there. And yet that's the first question that Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? And the man's response, where does he go? He doesn't just say yes to Jesus. 
he starts explaining, well, it's their fault. No one's there to help me. He goes to the excuses. And scripture tells us he was instantly healed. See, we have to catch this because this is really our big idea. We have to want what Jesus wants. Jesus wanted to heal this man. But the first thing Jesus does is call him out. He asks him, do you want to get well? Because the truth is, a lot of people sit on our mats and stay stuck in our stuff. Year after year after year, this man stayed on his mat and was not the first one into the water. And Jesus told him, pick up your mat and walk. And that's really the first takeaway today, is stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. See, for Andy and his baseball playing, he has his choice. He can blame the pitching for not hitting. He can blame the bat manufacturers. He can blame his coaches. He can blame his dad for not spending enough time tossing him batting practice in the backyard. But for him, standing up, picking up his mat, is working with coaches every day and doing what they tell him to do. Andy keeps a journal of every at-bat he has. How does the pitcher pitch to him? What adjustments did he make? What adjustments should he have made? And what else he needs to do differently? You know, there's a lot of people in his life that he could blame for not hitting the ball. But he picks up his mat and does his work every day to get better and better at it. Now, you may be sitting out there today and say, okay, Lee, that's a great story about baseball and hitting. But the thing that's got me stuck on this mat and that pain in my life is much deeper and much more important than baseball. Maybe it's a relationship that is just so toxic and so just brings so much pain. You don't know how to go. You don't know where to move. You don't know how to get off this mat. It's been that way for years. Maybe it's with a spouse. Maybe it's with a child. Maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's a secret you have. Maybe it's a substance that you've tried over and over to kick by yourself. But every time you do, you wind up coming right back to this, month, this mat and not being healed. See, the first thing we have to do is we have to stand up. We have to roll up our mat and we have to walk. Now, the answer to that and what that is as far as rolling up our mat and walking is different for each one of us. Maybe today when you leave, it's making a phone call. Maybe it's asking somebody for forgiveness and say, hey, I want to try again. I want to try this the right way. Maybe it's an apology. Maybe it's forgiving yourself. Maybe it's taking a class. Maybe it's going to counseling. 
Maybe it's going to celebrate recovery every Tuesday night at 7 o'clock over here at our church main campus. I don't know what the circumstances are for you. I don't know where it is that you need to be healed. But Jesus does. You know, later on in the book of John, chapter 5, they're giving Jesus a hard time because he, he healed this man on the Sabbath. And Jesus had this great answer for why he did this. He told him, he says, my father never stops working. Why should I? You see, it doesn't matter how long you've been on this mat. Whether it's three days, three weeks, three months, three years, or 38 years, Jesus is working in your life. He's ready to help you heal. But you have to take those steps. You have to stand up, Roll up your mat and walk. So if Jesus was here today and asking you, say, hey, is there a place in your life that needs to be healed? What kind of conversation are you having with Jesus right now? How do you answer that question? Is there a spot in your life that needs to be healed? Go into that. Respond to that. And if he asks you the next question, Do you want to be healed? What's your answer? It's our prayer for you that you will do what you need to do to stand up, roll up your mat, and walk. Just do that. Let's move on because there's something bigger we got to talk about. How do you know that you're wanting the right right things in your life? I mean, is there truly an upside to wanting things? How do you know that? You know, the truth is about Andy, is his baseball career is going to be over sooner than later. All baseball players either retire or get released. It's reality. It's going to happen. And it's more important to Gene and I, as his parents, that he understand the true meaning of success. Don't get me wrong. This baseball is a lot of fun. Watching it on TV and doing all that stuff and the road trips and the bus trips and the, the excitement that goes with baseball. It's a great sport and we love it. But the true meaning of success isn't in batting averages or fielding percentages or winning games or even winning championships. The true meaning of success is knowing and doing the will of God in your life. See, there's two times a week that Andy calls us when he's not on the road with baseball. The first time he calls us is when he's on his way to church at night. And Gene and I, sometimes he calls us during dinner. We'll stop and we'll listen. And he updates on us on everything that's going on in his life. The second time during the week that he calls us is when he's on his way to Bible study. And he and some other athletes um, go and have a Bible study. You see, it's a lot more important for Andy for his life to be grounded in Christ than it is in fielding ground balls. And that really takes us to this next takeaway. If you want to find out the upside of wanting things, 
than what, what Jesus wants for you and through you. See, the problem is, for some people, they think that baseball career is all they got. And they chase it and they look at it with closed fists and they just go, 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 whatever it takes. And some of us have those things for the things that we want. I'm, I got to have this new job. I got to have this new house. I got to have this new thing, this new phone. And we just get so consumed with that and torqued up with it. Our fists are so tight around it. That if Jesus was trying to get something to me right now into my hands, I can't catch it. Because for me to be able to catch what Jesus wants for me and through me, I have to have open hands. Listen to Psalm 16. It's a psalm by David. And David is trying to stuff more and more of God into his life. And I love the way he puts this. It reads, protect me, Lord God. I run to you for safety. And I have said, only you are my Lord. Every good thing I have is a gift from from you. Your people are wonderful and they make me happy. But worshipers of other gods will have much sorrow. The New International Version translates that last verse this way. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. Do you want to keep suffering more and more? I'm going to tell you, when I eat Krispy Kreme donuts, after I eat one, what do you think happens? I want another one. And I want another one. And as many Krispy Kreme donuts as I eat, it doesn't fill that God-sized hole in me. I suffer when I eat more and more Krispy Kreme donuts. I'm going to tell you, I thought about bringing up a case of Krispy Kreme donuts and having a live one, but it wouldn't make it. I'd be eating them. Couldn't take that risk. And thank the Lord, Friday was National Donut Day, and I stayed on my rehab program. I did not have a Krispy Kreme donut. That was a good thing. I love Valley Point Church because I love watching how God takes families that understand that the definition of success for them is knowing and doing the will of God in their life. They are chasing after what Jesus wants for them and through them. There's a family here at the church that sold their house and downsized. Why would they do that? Society keeps telling them, get a bigger house, get more, get more and more. But they didn't do that. They sold it and they downsized. And when you listen to them talk, their priorities changed because they wanted to free up resources, time and money to chase after what God had put on their heart. God has given them a heart for some orphans in Vietnam. They Skype with them all the time. They help the girls get through college. They have gotten more and more involved in supporting what God has put on their heart. They show up here on Sundays. They help set up church here. They help set up the environment so that people can come here to this church and experience Christ in a new way. There's another family that God put on their heart, an HIV orphanage in Africa. And that family made this visit 
And the father that has a lot of business skills, the moment he stepped on the property of the orphanage, started using the talents and the gifts that God had given him to do what Jesus wanted to do for him and through him. Let's fix those windows. Let's get this going. Let's fix this. Let's do this. There's been doctors and nurses from this church that have gone to faraway places, Guatemala, Dominican Republic, Panama, and put on vision clinics that that use the talents and gifts that God has given them to chase after what Jesus wants for them and through them. There's people getting involved in several different places. They come here, they help with the children. They help with the kids back there. They lead groups. We're going to do vacation Bible school. There's a ton of volunteers that are going to use their time and talent for doing what Jesus wants for them and through them. You see, when you sync up your wants with what Jesus wants for you and through you, what comes out of that is a very content life. Many people here in this this audience today experience that with our Real Home campaign. You're doing what Jesus wants for you and through you with your money and supporting the Real Home. There's no telling what's going to happen in the future as more people come to Christ because of our Real Home. There's this great letter in the, in the Bible. It's from Paul to the Philippians. And I'm going to read with you chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. Because I think it puts in place for us a great example of what it's like to live a content life. Philippians 4, 11 through 13. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing, Or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation. Whether it is with a full stomach or empty. With plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ. Who gives me strength. Doesn't that sound good? In plenty and in little. It's all good. See Paul has learned the secret to living. And that's through Christ. If you want to experience the upside of wanting things, then you need to learn how to put your needs second and the needs that Jesus wants for you and through you as first. You see, Jesus has a plan for your life, but the enemy also has one for you because the enemy is going to want to convince you that your life is not complete without that car, that house, that thing, that job, See, the enemy wants to work us up thinking that everything we need here is on earth. And what Jesus is trying to do is to do things for us and through us. You know, for a long time working at UPS, I always thought that I was going to be a CEO and I had all these dreams. And God began steering those towards his kingdom, using the leadership skills that God had given me for him. And you know what comes out of that? It's a much more content life. Don't get me wrong. It's okay to have goals and dreams. But they're first for Jesus. Does that make sense?
We're going to close up with a prayer. And there's one thing that I'm going to ask you to do while we do our prayer. And that's we're going to start off with closed fists. And during that prayer, I'm just going to ask you to open your palms. But before I do that, I just want to thank everybody. If this is your first time with us, I want to thank you for joining us and just sharing your Sunday morning with us. And maybe today this is something different. You've never experienced a church like this. And maybe there's a conversation that started with you and Jesus today. I just want to encourage you to chase after that. That maybe today there's something that you just became aware of. Just chase after that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just come to you with these closed fists right now. And for many people, what's inside that fist is this this pain, this place that we've been staying on our mat for years and years and years. And Lord, today, there was something that just happened and you stirred us to stand up, to pick up our mat and walk. And Lord, I just pray that you cover that person just with grace and peace, that for whatever that is that you're leading us to do, whether it's go to celebrate recovery recovery, or apologize or make a phone call. Lord, I just pray that you will just guide that person on what it is exactly you want them to do. For others here today, Lord, what's inside our fist is these wants and desires, that job or that car, that house or that phone, that thing that just seems to be consuming us. It's got us so torqued up. And it's bringing us so far away from you. Lord, right now, we're just going to open our hands. And Lord, we know that you're still working on us. The truth is, Lord, we don't have to change one thing about our life right now, that you're not going to love us any less. But there's things you want for us and through us, and you want to get us to move. Lord, that's what we're doing right now. I ask that you just reveal to each one of us, what is it that you want to do for us and through us. Help us see that. And this week, Lord, as we tend to maybe slide back and start putting our fists around those things, Lord, I just pray that you just keep showing us that we just throw those towards you like throwing a baseball. That we just open up our hands to you for what you have for us and what you want through us. Lord, for a lot of people today, they're going to walk out and they need to do something. And Lord, I just pray that you will encourage them, that you'll just give them the courage to confront that, to go right into that situation that you're calling to. Father, we love you. We thank you for those things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 or 11 a.m.